Welcome everyone. We're excited to share some country wisdom with you. King Solomon had a thing or two to say about the path to wisdom. In Proverbs 4, he wrote, let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Keep straight the path of your feet and all your ways will be sure. Join us now for Country Wisdom. So I'm sitting here today with a couple wonderful people. One, oh, my, my co-host, <laughs> and the other is Bodie Hodge from the uh, Creation Museum. Bodie, thank you for coming today. Hey, it's great to be on the show. Now, I've got to admit, this topic uh, kind of, well, it made me a little bit nervous. It's in his book, Gender and Marriage War. It's got a lot of interesting uh, parts to it. Biblical understanding, sexual revolu revolution, can't even say it today, <laughs> homosexual revolution, gender revolution, and it goes on here. Um, hang tight, buckle down. It's certainly a hot topic. You cannot yep. listen to the news where you're not getting some aspect of this. So, Bodhi, uh, you, your name is first in this book. Tell us a little bit about <laughs> it because I look at this as it is tearing the world apart today. Well, you well know he's what? right when he says it's a gender and marriage war. So where'd the it, war start? It is, you know, and uh, you know, we, we chose the word, word war on purpose um, because it is, it's a battle going on out there. And uh, you know, you can pull up uh, a news station, whether it's a newspaper, whether it's an internet news, where you're watching it. I mean, it, it's all over the place. I mean, you see stuff about restrooms. You see stuff about what's going on in, in classrooms. You see all these court battles. It is all over the place. But I want people to understand that this war is a smaller part of a larger war. The larger part of the war is the battle over God and his word versus man and man's word. Because when you reject God and his word, by default you're doing it because you're elevating man to supersede God and his word. That's the battle that's been going on ever since sin came into the world in Genesis chapter 3. So this is one of the modern aspects and elements of that war and we're seeing it played out right around us. Well, so unpack it for us now, uh, part by part. I mean, we've got some time, so lead people through it. It's, it's so important. And bottom line, folks, we're not doing this because we hate anybody. We want to point a finger at anybody, but we'd like to share with you what God's Word really says. And when you follow God, you follow His Word, that's where happiness and peace is. Yeah, well, you know, we're in a sin-cursed and broken world. And, you know, you can see examples of that, not just with this, we see people suffering, we see people hurting all over the world for a lot of different reasons. But you know, the ultimate reason for why suffering, death, and all sorts of horrible atrocities are in the world is because of sin. And that goes back to Genesis chapter three. God made the world perfect before that. And it was because of sin in the fall that now the world is broken. And this is a taste of that. That's what we're seeing here. So as we've seen different things broken, I mean, there was a time before the flood when people became very evil. They were doing all sorts of terrible things. There was a lot of violence. All, we, we probably couldn't even list all the different types of things that were probably going on before the flood. Scripture says it was just evil continuously. Continu Every thought was evil. Mm -hmm. and, and, and of course, God judged, or sorry, God judged that sin with a mighty flood. Very violent group of people met with a very violent flood. 
And then we see Noah's family come off the ark and they start to defy God again. And we see what happened at the Tower of Babel. They were trying to uh, come together instead of being fruitful and fill the earth uh, the way they were properly told to do. And so God comes down and confuses their language and people are split apart, going to different parts of the world. But see, we still see the heart of sinful men happening all over the place. I mean, we've seen horrible things like slavery that have occurred all throughout the past. Uh, we've seen um, all sorts of different uh, murders and violence and, and rapes and all sorts of terrible things that have happened. And now we're getting into our modern culture. In our modern culture, we see a lot of unique evils, it seems like. But some of these are actually some evils that were going on at the time of the Roman Empire. We've just forgotten about it. So it didn't start with the uh, swinging 60s? No, it really didn't. It goes all the way back. If you, if you go back to the New Testament church, you know, we have Christ ascending into heaven. And then we see the apostles and a lot of the work, you know, as the Holy Spirit's going out and converting people. I mean, we, we see all sorts of, of, of people repent of their previous uh, lifestyles. We saw this in Greece. You know, there were people who'd repented of what they'd been involved in and became part of the church. We saw people in Rome do that. We saw it all across the Roman Empire. It was, it was fascinating to see how the church uh, started to grow, even with all that. But look what was going on in the culture. There was a lot of sexual immorality. Um, there were, uh, you know, the Bible talks about there being, uh, you know, if I, if I can say this on the air, there were orgies. Uh, there was all sorts of homosexual behavior. There was all sorts of uh, things like that. Now, that wasn't new to, to Rome either. I mean, if you go back further, you go all the way back in the Old Testament, you might think of Sodom and Gomorrah. There was sin there. Uh, this is even before Moses gave the law. I mean, this is the time of Abraham and Lot. We saw that type of thing. This stuff has been happening since sin in Genesis chapter 3. It's not new. What we're seeing, though, is a new resurgence of it. And that's what started to happen, not just in the United States, but all across the Western world. Really new excuses for the same old sins. Right. I mean, now they're going back, as you said, uh, uh, you know, Sodom and Gomorrah. Now they're making excuses and saying, well, this was this. and. You know, this was this way, and they weren't so bad. Right, mm -hmm. yeah, people are trying to justify sodomy. <laughs> That's what we're seeing in our culture. But here's the thing, when it comes to marriage, when it comes to sexuality, God is the absolute authority on that subject. If we go back to Genesis uh, chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2, God made a male and a female, and he defined marriage that way. Jesus actually defended this in Mark chapter 10, uh, and Mark, or, sorry, uh, Matthew chapter 19 and Mark chapter 10. He goes back, he quotes Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis 2 as the basis for the doctrine of marriage. See, God is the one who defines that. And of course, there's spiritual truths to that as well. You know, you might think of Christ and the church, you know, his bride. You know, so there's aspects and elements to that. But what's happened is as a result of sin, now all of a sudden marriage gets deviated. We saw this before the flood. Lamech actually married a couple of different women, bragged about killing someone. Uh, you know, I mean, so, I mean, we, we saw this. This is, there, there's two Lamechs before the flood. I, I don't want you to be confused as to which was which. Uh, this was the one down Cain's line. Uh, there was also one that was Noah's father. So they, they were two different Lamechs. I couldn't remember if it was father or grandfather. I guess it was Methuselah was grandfather. Methuselah was the grandfather, right. He lived 969 years old, uh, you know, which is a fascinating subject in and of itself. But we've seen that from the flood, since the time of the flood, at the time around Abraham's time, we saw it with the Roman Empire. Why would we expect our culture to be any more unique? Really, this is the great rebellion, right? The, right in heaven, the devil started and said, I will be like God. I will be like the Most High. Yeah, he wanted to ascend. Yeah, he wanted he, he to ascend. Be gone. Yeah. And he hates everything that God ever did. He certainly hated the marriage. 
why that should have been his place. That should have been, you know, his kingdom. Yeah. And all of these things you continue, everything is the devil fighting in behind the scenes, trying to trick us mm -hmm. and pull us his way to virtually spit in God's face. That's right. And you know what? Satan, Satan's not like God. Satan is not equal and opposite to God. That's a mistake. He's a created being. He has absolutely no power next to God. Sometimes people want to think God and, and, and the devil are right up here equal and opposite from each other, but they're not. That's actually a false religion called dualism. Now, Satan is a created being. He has virtually no power next to God. Now, he's powerful, don't get me wrong, but Satan cannot create like God can. So what does he do? He counterfeits. He fakes things. And so here we have proper marriage. Satan's going to counterfeit that marriage. Uh, you know, we see all sorts of counterfeit, counterfeit religions. You know, he tries to mimic or mock God's true religion in a lot of different ways. So we see a lot of fingerprints of Satan in a lot of these aspects and elements, but it is God that defines marriage. Now notice, you said something brilliant in there. Absolutely brilliant. Jim said something he brilliant. He really did. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> you know, Satan wanted to be like God. Satan wanted to elevate himself to supersede God. He wanted to be God. And you know what? That is the great lie that Satan has tried to get us as mankind to do. He wants us to well, elevate our he, own thoughts. He, when he was tempting Eve, mm -hmm. it's eat this. God doesn't want you to have it because he knows that then you'll be like God. Yeah, elevate your own thoughts. And that's what Eve did. She actually elevated her own thoughts to say, okay, God, you said not to eat, but I'm going to say eat. You see, and we do the same thing in our culture. We still elevate our own thoughts to supersede what God's word says. And that's what we're seeing when it comes to the gender and the, the homosexual debate and uh, the sexual revolution. Um, what we've done in this particular book, this book is called The Gender Marriage War. Uh, I'll hold it up so you guys can see this just a little bit. But it really is a war, but it really does deal with marriage. It deals with gender. It deals with homosexuality and, and, and sexual immorality. If you look at Romans chapter 1, Romans chapter 1 is kind of a taste of what happens when you reject God. When you deny the knowledge of God, God gives you over to a debased mind. Your mind can't think properly on certain issues, particularly spiritual issues, things like that. And if you actually follow through that, the first thing you're given over to is sexual immorality. The second thing you're then given over to is homosexuality. You see, you start to follow that trend. All of a sudden, when, when you've got a debased mind and you can't even think properly because you've rejected God's word, anything goes. So seeing the gender revolution, we're seeing that too. It's because people cannot think straight on these issues. What they need to do is get back to God and his word. And uh, just like Satan tried to elevate his thoughts to supersede God, so are we rejecting God, trying to elevate our own thoughts in this particular issue. You see a progression of things that used to be considered horrible. I mean, pretty much all of society agreed, this is bad. Yeah. And one by one, including even a, a little, I think pedophilia is becoming yes. more acceptable too. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's probably one of the next phases here. You know, people are using the same model that uh, the, the homosexual model to do the gender model. Now they're starting to do that for pedophilia as well as polygamy. Those are both starting to pop up. Um, you know, so we're, we're seeing more and more of that in our culture. We're seeing, you know, people want to change the names. Uh, you know, uh, for example, you know, homosexuality, a man and a man, a woman and a woman. You know, they use the word gay. Gay means happy. And so people use that word and they want to say, oh, we'll see you're using a different word, it's happy. You see how they change the word to try to make things sound a little better. 
we're seeing the same sort of thing with pedophilia. Ped Pedophilia's got a, got a pretty bad connotation behind it. So what do they do? They call it things like cross-generational sex. Well, they give a it a new name and people don't know it. <laughs> and so they think, oh, okay, well, that's nice. Well, what does it really mean? Well, it's, it's just child abuse to children is really what it is. And it breaks my heart to see that sort of thing. I'd like you to have this pamphlet. It's completely free. It's called War in Heaven. That's an interesting place for a war, don't you think? But the war is the reason we are in the situation we are in today. This pamphlet will provide you with an inside view, the spiritual view, you might say. To get your copy, simply go to talkingdonkeyinternational.org and request offer 103 War in Heaven, and you'll get your free copy today. It's that simple. You know, no one could ever calculate the amount of sacrifice that went into the making of this great nation. The gains of so many because of the loss of the precious few. You know, as a child in school, I sang America the Beautiful. God bless America. We started every day by reciting the Pledge of Allegiance. But a lot has changed. Biblical predictions are taking shape at an amazing pace. If you're about my age, you know that this is not the country we all grew up in. It, well, it seems like this nation is rushing toward a cliff with no possibility of return. When I became a Christian, I began studying biblical prophecy, last day events. I found a book called The Great Controversy that was amazing in its clarity. If you'd like a copy, log on to our website. To order your free copy of The Great Controversy, go to TalkingDonkeyInternational.org. Click on the Store tab and order your copy today. It's interesting too to uh, everything the devil has stolen and tried to steal, even the rainbow and God's promise to us. Right. You know, here we are today and we look at the rainbow in a totally different light. Oh yeah, exactly. I, you know, you guys were just down at the Ark Encounter. Yes. And I know you guys got a, got a chance to film there. There's a rainbow arch that you walk through. It's, it's just beautiful. We've got all sorts of pictures over the years of, of the Ark with a rainbow in the background after it rained. It's just, it's, it's beautiful. You know, and a rainbow is a promise from God that he'll never again flood the entire earth as he did in Noah's day. And, and that's a beautiful promise. But once again, Satan counterfeits. So all of a sudden now you get the homosexual flag, you know, and the, the, the colors are different. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's flipped around a little bit. You know, it's, it's hot. It's a counterfeit of the proper rainbow. And so, yes, we do see that. And that represents certain things. And, you know, there was a, um, a news item that, uh, that, that we looked at. We actually dealt with this on the news. Uh, you know, I worked on an Answers News program. And uh, when we were, we were on there, there was one where uh, uh, a teacher made the students in her classroom do a Pledge of Allegiance to the, the homosexual flag. Um, it, it's shocking that that kind of stuff makes news items, but that's what's happening. And our children, I want you to understand who the target is. The target's the children. I want you to... Because you, if you can get the kids, you've you got the, the adults. Yeah, you've got the, the next generation of adults, actually. And, you know, uh, we've seen this all throughout history. Hitler made a, a, a statement one time, you know, back when he was running Nazi Germany. Uh, you know, if I, if, if I can just get the youth... I can raise up a whole generation to follow him. And that's what he's done. And right now, we've got whole generations of youth being taught 
things like homosexuality is good. They're, they're taught that, that you know being gender fluid is a good thing. They're taught, well, you don't go to the Bible. You can't trust the Bible. What's, um, what's scary to me uh, on this, too, is I don't know how many, but a large percentage of Christians now are just fine with it. And the attitude is, well, we need to be kind to them. Yes, we do. Yeah. But, you know, God is kind to us. We also have to, to tell us. them the truth. Yeah, God <laughs> yeah. is kind to us, but he hates the sin that we're doing because the sin destroys us. Yeah. He wants us to live for eternally. And it's the same thing with this. That's destroying everybody. I think a change that you see from maybe, you know, the wild orgies in, in uh, ancient Rome is that nowadays, if you even object to any of that behavior, you're the bad guy. You're the one who right. hates. Right. When you know it's like if you're not if you're not in there celebrating, and not in there on the cheer team for it, then you are a bad person. Then you're the bad guy. And I, I want you to think about that particular argument from a big picture. I love logic, and I love thinking about logic, and I, I'm oftentimes spotting logical fallacies. When someone says, "Oh, well, if you don't agree, you hate me," or "You hate us." Uh, that's actually a fallacy. That's an, uh, it's a type of epithet fallacy. It basically means they don't really have a logical case for their position. So they're, it's kind of like calling names or saying you're a hater. They're just calling you out on something like that where that's not really the case. And, and here's the thing, when it comes to any sin, uh, whether it's homosexuality, whether it's sexual immorality, or whether it's going and hitting somebody for no apparent reason, you know, there's all sorts of sins. All sin is sin. But you know what? God loves sinners. Christ died for the ungodly. He stepped into history to die for us. And so if I hated someone because they sinned, I couldn't talk to myself anymore. We could talk to anyone because you know, we're all sinners. I have great conversations yeah. with myself. I, I would have to stop. Yeah, you see, but God wants us to repent. And he's being very patient with us to repent. And repent means to turn away from that sin. Feel sorry for it. Go, oh, you know what? I, I'm going down the wrong path here, Lord. Let me grow closer to you instead of farther away from you. And, you know, it doesn't matter what kind of sin someone's been in, they can always repent and turn back to God. It's interesting you say that. Uh, I uh, oversaw a television network at one point, and we invited a couple of guys in who had been homosexual, and they said, God touched our lives. We started following the Bible. We realized it was wrong, and he gave us the, the power to overcome. Boy, you know, there are people that just, how, what do you mean? How could you do such a thing? You're going to hurt all these other people. And that's the, I mean, again, it's just the devil's attitude to, to point fingers to everything, ridicule to make you say, okay, I'm, I'm sorry, I'll pull back. Because yeah. one of the reasons we're told that it's, you know, you're hateful if, if you're not a favorite because you're born that way. It's, it's not a lifestyle that's chosen. They were born that way. We were all born pretty twisted. <laughs> yeah, well, we're all born sinners, but that doesn't necessarily mean that people are born that way. You know, I mean, they have to be taught this. Um, you know, I've had people come out and say, oh, but, but you Christians, how about, how about you just leave us alone and just, j just let us be? You know, that was what people used to say years ago. But now they've switched it. They, they say, no, no, now you have to agree with it. Now you have to follow it. You guys have to support it. And how dare you if you don't? You see, there's never enough. When it comes to sin, there's never enough. It always goes one more step. So what you need to do, we need to just get back and say, no, 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 we're going to stand on God and his word. We've got to stand and we've got to tell the truth. And you know what? The truth may hurt. But guess what? At least you know the truth. And you know how to repent. You know who to get back to. I've had people come up and they, they also say things like, but but if two people love each other, 
<laughs> just let that. Now I go, hold on a second here. Where, where do you get this idea of two? That actually comes from a literal genesis. <laughs> so if you're going to go back to a literal genesis, take it all. Um, but you know what? We're in a culture where people are now starting to reject the two. They're starting to, you know, maybe it can be three or four. Maybe I can marry my car or my tree or my animal. You know, and, and that's what we're seeing. That, that, that's where this is leading to. But if you reject it. the original, the foundation of one man, one woman, then there's no reason not to allow that's right. me to marry a tree. And that's why the courts are so messed up, because they rejected the Bible as the absolute authority to look at this stuff. And so now they're opening so what the they door base to, any to rule law on. That's right. And that's why we're starting to see polygamy become more popular in our culture. Uh, you know, children, <laughs> you know, like I said, with the pedophilias coming under there, we're seeing things over and over again. But, you know, another thing, you know, it, but if two people love each other, but is it really love? Does the Bible actually say it's love? God is love. Okay. So all love comes from God, ultimately, because God is love. Now, the Bible never, ever says that a homosexual relationship is love. That's interesting. A lot of people don't realize that. It consistently uses the word lust. And what that does is that tells me that people really haven't had the chance to experience what true love is if they've confused lust for love. Once again, love has been counterfeited by Satan with lust. And it really breaks my heart to, to know of people out there that are stuck in this. Their minds have been given over to Satan and they're struggling with these sorts of things. And all it takes is repentance and getting back to the blood of Jesus Christ. It's sad, Isaiah speaks of you know what happens at the end and there will be an end here god is coming he's going to cleanse the earth by fire he's going to do away with it all the last time he gave us the rainbow and said never again will i cleanse the earth with water but the next time by fire it is real it is going to happen the bible's true but he's laid out that there's certain people and people groups that won't be there yeah. and the one some of the ones you've delineated in your book are those people yeah and it's like, for Christians, don't we want them there? Yes, yeah, we do. Yeah, absolutely. That's why, I mean, that's why we're doing the program today. Right. Because we want those people That's why there. we're calling people to repent. Yeah. And of all sin. <laughs> of all sin. The, the cool thing to me, Bodhi, is, is God has the power to do it. Right. You know I mean? We can't just say, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll just suck it up and I'll be different tomorrow. Yeah. No, you won't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's about that friendship and relationship with God. It's about falling in love with Him. Yeah. He comes in and He gives the power. Right. It, in, in Matthew, He talked to His disciples. He said, look, I want you guys to go out and I want you to, you know, heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, do all these things, preach the gospel. And He says, and I'll give you power. Yeah. And that power was two different types of power. The, you know, the mighty force of God and, and, and the energy of God to, to do everything God said. And they went out and when they came back said, Lord, it, it's true. Everything you said we can do, you've yeah. got the power. Yeah. And that's what God offers to us in here for all the things he says we're doing badly, inappropriately, in, in evil, in sin. He says, I can take care of that. All you do is come to me, you know. I like, one favorite writer said, look, Lord, I, I, I can't do anything, but I can tell you, please take my heart, or I cannot give it. And that's what it's all about, is that surrender. Right. Yeah, well, let's look at something else from a big picture perspective in our culture. You see, there's a battle over two different religions. Anytime that man's ideas are elevated to supersede God and his word, that's the religion of humanism. 
in its broadest sense. In our uh, Western culture, the secular forms of humanism are what are dominating our culture. Anytime you hear Big Bang, evolution, millions of years, those are subsets to the religions of secular humanism, the variant forms of that. Those are in opposition to God and His Word. Now, a lot of people don't realize that when it comes to sexual immorality and the homosexual revolution and the gender debate, that is all part and parcel of a specific form of humanism called sexual humanism. Sexual humanism. That's a new term for me. Yeah, it's a subset of secular humanism. So that's an entirely different religion. And so when Christians are like, oh, well, we can accept some of this sort of thing, what they're doing is they're trying to mix two different religions and put the two together. And in reality, when they say, oh, you know what, I'm going to give up the Bible and come over and start utilizing this other religion, what they're doing is they're moving over to a different religion. What I want to do is encourage them to come back to God and His Word. But see, a lot of people out in our culture don't realize it's a religious debate either. They're like, well, why don't those Christians just follow after our beliefs? Well, it's a different religion. That's why. And sometimes they don't realize that they've been taught a religion. How many of these kids have been taught that when they go to schools and they're taught to uh, support LGBT or they're taught, taught to support homosexuality or, or say the Pledge of Allegiance to a, a homosexual flag, that that's a religion. They're not told that. See, people need to understand that when Christianity was kicked out of the classroom, religion was not kicked out. It was replaced with a different Good religion. Point. Good point. You know, no one could ever calculate the amount of sacrifice that went into the making of this great nation, the gains of so many because of the loss of the precious few. You know, as a child in school, I sang America the Beautiful, God bless America. We started every day by reciting the Pledge of Allegiance. But a lot has changed. Biblical predictions are taking shape at an amazing pace. If you're about my age, you know that this is not the country we all grew up in. It, well, it seems like this nation is rushing toward a cliff with no possibility of return. When I became a Christian, I began studying biblical prophecy, last day events. I found a book called The Great Controversy that was amazing in its clarity. If you'd like a copy, log on to our website. To order your free copy of The Great Controversy, go to TalkingDonkeyInternational.org. Click on the Store tab and order your copy today. I'd like you to have this pamphlet. It's completely free. It's called War in Heaven. That's an interesting place for a war, don't you think? But the war is the reason we are in the situation we are in today. This pamphlet will provide you with an inside view, the spiritual view, you might say. To get your copy, simply go to TalkingDonkeyInternational.org and request offer 103, War in Heaven, and you'll get your free copy today. It's that simple. What would you say to a Christian who is maybe accused of being intolerant, of being hateful because you won't accept uh, sexual immorality? Well, you just need to first off point out, well, you, hey, you're not hating. Uh, we love these guys. We want to see them repent. But at the same time, if we were to support that, then what we're doing is we're hating God. As soon as a Christian says, oh, you know what? God, I don't want to follow you. I want to follow after this other. What you're doing is you're turning your hate toward God. And we don't want that. We want to say, hold it, God. Help us do this with a humble heart. And you know what? I, I know people who are gay. I've met people who are gay. 
Um, it breaks my heart, actually, but at the same time, I know that they're struggling because they bought into this false religion. Their minds are struggling. I want to see them repent, but I also want to do it in the right way. I, I, want, to, I, I want to humbly tell them the truth. Amen. Amen. Folks, gender and marriage, it's a war. It's a war against God. It's a war against the Bible. It's a war that's going on right now. And we ask you to pray, pray for your friends, pray for your family, pray for those that are caught in this situation because they really are caught in this situation. And God can totally set them free. If you're watching it, it's you. God can set you free. Get into God's word. He will speak to you in it. He'll give you the power to overcome. He will transform your heart and your life. Bodhi, thank you so much today for coming with us. Such fun to talk to you. Thank you for watching. Join us again for another exciting country wisdom. See you next time.